Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Happy birthday, Mr. President is like the most embarrassing clip I've ever seen Dude, in my life. It is like, so trifling. You know what? It's trifling, but it's like hilarious to me because I'm like, this girl has giant balls. Yeah. She has no fucking chill. Like, could you imagine someone no. doing that to Michelle girl. Obama? Hey, Michelle. No. She no. would rip off her sleeves. Of course not. <laughs> and everybody knew. Girl. Like, Jackie O sat there and knew. She was like, this woman is fucking my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you learn to kiss like that? Don't fight it. You have to be so chill as a wife to just allow that to happen while you're eating a piece of salmon. I think you're on the <laughs> right track. Wait, did she have a side piece, though? I hope so. I hope she did. Lord, I hope so. Yeah. Hey, I'm Jessica Williams. And I'm Phoebe Robinson. And you're listening to Two Dope Queens from WNYC Studios. We got a new show for you recorded live at Union Hall. I'm pretty in love with this episode. And we've got our girl Ashley Brooke Roberts. Hell yeah. Then there's comedian Kevin Allison. He gets us in touch with our sexy side. Mm, it always feels good to get back in touch with that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And we get to hear from my friend and personal favorite, Baratunde Thurston from The Daily Show. Yas! And coming up, Tinder. It's a pile of hot garbage. And guys in there keep asking me about one motherfucking thing. Can you guess what it is? Plus, in today's episode, y'all find out what would happen if me and Phoebe had dicks. Oh, yeah, I'm getting everybody pregnant. Yeah, so stay tuned because it's about to get slippery when wet. Hashtag Bon Jovi, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Live from Union Hall in Brooklyn, New mm-hmm. York. Brought to you by WNYC Studios. Ooh. Sookie, sookie now. We fancy. Oh, we fancy, huh? You guys are a very beautiful crowd. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I was like just this. admiring every single one of you guys today because everybody's so different, so multicultural. I know. It's, what a story. It's great. This is, this is what America is. It's truly a mixing pot, and right. I'm very happy that it's like... I love that you call it a mixing pot instead of a melting pot. Oh, that's so cute. It's truly, as our forefathers said, (laughs) a mixing pot. It's truly a Vitamix blender. (laughs) Um, So how are you, Miss Thing? I'm good. How are you, Miss Thingalang? I am... Okay. Dude, I, I heard there's been some like Okay, so I kind of drums. So I gave up on life two days ago and I signed up for Tinder. Um uh, I was at yeah. home, it was it was Monday night. Yeah, what what led up was, to that? I was watching like uh, I'm like three weeks behind on Colbert, so I was watching like yeah. a three week old yeah. episode of Colbert, and I and was you like, "We're getting like real hot and heavy because you think Colbert's so hot, right?" I was like, "He's hot, but I'm also like behind on Colbert. I don't have my life together, <laughs> so I'm gonna get on tens. That's yeah. what I call it. I call mm-hmm. it tens. Mm-hmm. And I've been on it for less than 48 hours, and it's mm-hmm. a goddamn garbage dump. What and happened? I, what happened? So, First, I guess I'm like an, an old, in quotes, old person now. Because I just got, I got the app. I didn't like know what I was doing. So I was on it for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I, I was had that lo- the lovely help of Joanna, who is our producer of this podcast. <laughs> Hi, Joanna. And she's amazing. <laughs> Clap it up for her, you guys. She's so cute. 
She's like kind of into this story, but she's a little embarrassed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I was on it for like 20 minutes and I like wasn't getting like any action. Uh-huh. And I was like, but I'm cute though. Like I right. know, like, you know, you what, know I mean? what like, the deal is. Right. You can't. Yeah. I put on like good headshots. Like I got yeah. like my, mm-hmm. my bio was like interesting, like mm-hmm. funny, but also real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, yeah. Like That's I a worked good mix. on it. What a blend. What a Vitamix blend. Right. And so I was like, Joanna, <laughs> so I was like, Joanna, like, no one's like giving me anything. Like, what's yeah. going on? She's uh-huh. like, okay, well, like, who did you, well, who did you like? Like, who did you swipe right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't swipe any, right? Anyone. See, okay, fucking Anyone. grandma. Okay, grandma. I just thought, like, yeah. I was just going to put my picture out there and everyone's going to yeah. be like, here's our dicks. Like, yeah. I thought that's like, it'll happen. What happened? It'll happen. Know? It's going to happen for right. you big time. So I was like, oh, I have to, like, I have to participate. So, yeah, yeah. I swiped a couple of people and then I like started back watching TV and then it was like 1230 in the morning. I was like, Uh can I still swipe people? She's like, not if you want them to think you're just trying to fuck right now. It's too late to swipe. Uh So I was like, got it. Uh So yesterday I woke up and I was like, I'm going to like eat breakfast. Like an early morning Right. Starting your day swipe. Right. Yeah. I'm going to make some. I'm I have make- a job swipe. <laughs> he can do it like waiting for the train to fucking begin his commute. Okay. I'm going to have some avocado toast and I'm going to yeah, swipe. I'm a woman. Swipe. Right. And so I did. I got a couple of matches. Cool. Which I was, I was excited about. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. And like you get a match and then it's like you can either choose to write back or you can like keep playing is the other option. I was like, this is not... Literally a- every single person here knows how Tinder works. Oh. <laughs> they're like watching the show and they're like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> so go on. I'm sorry. This is so new to me. I need to talk about it. It's like when you have sex for the first... Like when yeah, I lost yeah, my virginity yeah. at 24 and mm-hmm. I was like, sex is crazy. Everyone's uh-huh. like, yeah, we know. Like we did yeah. it seven years ago, but good for you. Every person um, has been here. It's Fine. Right. We get penis goals and holes. Get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking to this guy. The f- right. I was like, oh, this is like what dating's like. I'm going to be like playing yeah. the field. Dude, that's so caring. Right. I was so caring. You know what I mean? Such so a caring. Except care. none of the bullshit. Right. And so it was a good conversation with the yeah. first guy. He's mm-hmm. a he's a chef. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, everything was like, fine. Like, oh, like, when's your birthday? Like, what are you into? Mm-hmm. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And then... He was like, I don't know where. He's like, what's your background? I was like, oh, okay, my background? Like, where I'm from? I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And he's like, LOL, no, what's your ethnicity? <laughs> and I was like, black? Like, you saw my picture, right? You said, <laughs> you said he was white, right? Was he's he white? he's white. <laughs> white. And so then it's he basically goes, just... Whoosh. Right. Whoosh. Yes. And so I go black, and he goes... Caribbean or American? Boo! And I was like, American, sup? And <laughs> That's very Trump rally of you, and I want you to kill it. Very Trump rally. Go on. And then he goes, LOL, nothing. You're hot either way. And I was Sick. like... Sick. Die in a fire. Like, kill yourself. Yeah, like, dead yourself, bro. So this then, is going to happen like one out of every like right. two dudes. And then literally in five minutes, I got uh-huh. a message from a black guy that I matched with. Uh-huh. And he wrote GM for good morning. I'm like, uh-huh. if you're not even going to use the full fucking words. Bye. And I'm the abrieve queen. I That's say minimal. Earl Twants for early 20s. Like, I get too. it. 
I get GM, it. GM, GM is too much. It's so gross. So then he wrote GM, and then I was like, okay. What does that mean? Like fucking Gucci Mane? Like no, what is that? How dare you? <laughs> I know what it means, but also like, how dare you? So it was like, I was like, good morning, how are you? And he's like, I'm doing well yourself. Uh, and I'm like, you, ha- you're, you don't have a personality, got it. And so I was like, oh, I've been like, I've been running around today just doing like a lot of freelance stuff. Where do you, uh, how, how about you? He's like, things are cool. What's your nationality? And I'm you like, need to start saying just crazy shit. <laughs> like, maybe you need I to should. just be out. You should be like, I'm pure white. I have this condition. <laughs> That, but that's I promise you, I swear, hilarious. I put it on Paula Dean. I am so white. <laughs> that, I'm going to write that back when we get off stage. We but, will do it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And then he wrote, and in, like, and, but just an in, where, and then you Ugh. reside. I'm like, you Ugh. can't use fool, but I can't. But people, people write like that when they write to black women or people of color. That's crazy. But I also think it's the laziness of texting. There's that too, but I think that on top of right. that, like, right. give me a fucking break. <laughs> um, all right, we should get this show started. How's that sound? I'm so excited. Hi. Let's keep it moving and bring up our next funny, funny, funny comic. Uh, she's very, very funny. She runs a weekly show at UCB East called Fresh Out. Please give it up for Ashley Brooke Roberts! Keep it going for Phoebe and Jessica. I like to get to know people when I start um, life and sets. Um, so what I'd like to do is for us to all do like a bonding exercise together. First thing we're going to do is get in touch with our bodies. Okay, so move those shoulders back. Yes. Men, please, you're historically out of touch with your bodies. Okay. Get it going. Okay, and on the count of three, we're going to say the thing we regret the most. Keep those shoulders going. Feel that life in you. Okay, one, two, three. Dyed my hair red. Okay. <laughs> dyed my hair red you guys said nothing (laughs) Um, I recently dyed my hair red because I'm going through something (laughs) um, which has prompted me to want to develop a life alert app um, (laughs) that goes off at 1am when I'm in the self checkout aisle of Dwayne Reed (laughs) trying to buy a bag of Cheetos and a six pack and a box of hair dye It just starts beeping and says, don't serve this woman. (laughs) Her high school boyfriend just had a baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Derek just had a baby. Uh, His phone also appears to be disconnected. Uh, So weird. It's like the voicemail's still there, but he's not calling me back. Uh, So I'm assuming it's disconnected. I just don't understand. It's just odd to me that like he had a baby and the first thing he didn't do was call me and tell me what it's like to have a baby without me. <laughs> Seems like the first thing that should have happened. <laughs> this shit's crazy, you know? <laughs> we were supposed to get married, um, but we didn't connect sexually, uh, which is a big deal. <laughs> he always wanted me to dress up. Um, not like anything fun, like a Teletubby. Um, <laughs> 
but in like classical, like uh, like traditional female sexy things, like stilettos and corsets and tight skirts and no way. <laughs> I just wasn't into it because whatever is like traditionally sexy on a woman just inhibits her movement. Like it feels like for centuries guys have been saying like, put this on. Can you not move? Great, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> I always wanted to flip the script and be like, baby, you know what would really turn me on? If you strapped on a big, thick snowboard. (laughs) Fuck me in that snowboard, you know? I love a man who can't get away. I come from a long line of teen brides. um, And I was supposed to be one. Um, I actually broke up with Derek because it turned out he was cheating on me the whole time. He did find a girl who would wear heels. Uh, (laughs) And he's an idiot. But uh, so he's cheating on me the whole time, and I'm, I decided to break up with him, and my mom is crushed because she wants me to fulfill my heritage. Um, <laughs> and I remember, you know, having this very, you know, important conversation with her in our apartment. Um, she put down her peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She looked out on the horizon, um, which was the other apartment complex. <laughs> and she said, um, all men cheat, Ashley. And I said, yeah, but I'm, like, 19, and I feel like I can find a man who, like, loves me and will treat me with respect and won't cheat on me. Like, there's still time. And she said, uh, who do you think you are? Princess Leia? Literally the fanciest woman my mom could think of in that moment. Who wouldn't be stand to be cheated on? A space princess. (laughs) I'm quitting smoking, besides the one I'm going to have after the show. I like to have two a day. I don't think they count. It's kind of like a hand job. No one's paying attention. I like to say hand jobs don't count, because one time I gave one in a Waffle House, and I hope no one noticed. It's okay. I wanted it more than the waffles at the time. So I was having one of my cheat cigarettes the other day, and this man walked by, and he said, "Uh, you shouldn't smoke. You'd be prettier. I was like, no. (laughs) Come back and look at me in a different light. (laughs) You didn't see my good side. (laughs) Um, It made me so mad until I realized, like, my whole life, I feel like men have been telling me what I should eat or what I shouldn't eat, that I realized, like, men just think of women's bodies as communal farmland. Like, they're like, we got to chip in and turn this into something that'll benefit the community. <laughs> you compliment her. You insult her. <laughs> you plant a seed. <laughs> you toil in the soil. <laughs> That's going down on a girl. Just <laughs> toiling in the soil. I busted into my therapist's office um, the other day, and I said, Caroline, stop taking selfies and putting them on the Internet, please. (laughs) It's weirding me out when I Google you. Uh, (laughs) And also, put me on medicine. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do this. And then she said, well, before we go down that path, I'd like you to quit smoking pot. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I had never even thought about getting a new therapist. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) You're the problem. (laughs) You don't know me at all. (laughs) 
Thank you. I come in here high all the time, you know? This is what I do for fun, Caroline. God, I love just saying people's first names. That's her name. I hope she hears it. <laughs> um, I recently got a new iPhone. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, it's my dad's old one. <laughs> he, got, he upgraded to the iPhone 6, and so he gave me his old phone, um, which is so sweet, except for he didn't delete anything off of it. Oh, no, Daddy. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> right? And there is one thing on there. There's one very disturbing item. Uh, it's a note that he wrote to himself at 3 in the morning that just says, Ryan Gosling, is he better than me? <laughs> um, yes, of course. Um, start low, Daddy. <laughs> Work your way up. <laughs> Work your way up to Ryan talking about my mom earlier she has aged into um like just a bona fide internet stalker uh, <laughs> she loves checking all my movements uh and she called me the other day and she was very upset she was just like oh ashley oh my god i just saw some pictures of you on the internet you look so tired i was like well those pictures were taken at midnight and i'm getting older bitch you're gonna die soon okay <laughs> right Let's not pretend this is an existential crisis about her life, okay? And then she was like, no, what I mean is that the sparkle in your eyes is gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> She's like way worse than getting older, right? She went on Facebook and she downloaded pictures of me from college and she emailed them to me. And she was like, that's the sparkle that I love. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And then I just realized my mom loves the way I look when I'm high on cocaine. <laughs> Every single picture. <laughs> you guys have been so much fun. I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. Thank you. Give it up for Ashley Brooke Roberts. Coming up, Kevin Allison, a samurai, a dark basement, and balls. <laughs> Woo, things are going to get steamy. Stay tuned. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com slash DopeQueens today to get 10% off your first month. Are you guys ready for more show? Uh, my boyfriend went out of town this weekend and so I was home and I watched a lot of TV, a oh, lot cool. of reality TV. I watched Unreal on Lifetime, television for women. Great show. If you're snoozing on Unreal, I need watch to watch it. it. It's I know. So good. Um, and then I watched like I rewatched some Keeping Up with the Kardashians, mm -hmm. just like some Kanye era kind of stuff. The season before this season is really sad. Uh, is this the stuff with all uh, with Scott and his issues? There's Scott and his yeah, issues. There's yeah, like Lamar. Right. Then there's stuff with Caitlyn. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, there's a lot. This is really real. Yeah. This is a really real season. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I feel like you guys are judging us right now. I don't care. Oh, I don't care. Ten years from now, society's going to look back and be like, what the fuck happened with the Kardashians? 
I'm gonna be the professor that they call to discuss it. All right. I'm gonna be in that um, media studies class. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, um, I'm gonna be like a Annalise Keating. I'm gonna be like yeah. Kardashian season four. <laughs> Kylie's lips. <laughs> That's really funny. That is really funny that you could get a teaching job about the Kardashians. That is. That's worse than the Somebody's city. Somebody's got to analyze it. How did this happen? That's true. How does it happen? I think it happens because we're all like idiots and we just Definitely. like turn on our TVs and like didn't turn it off. Yeah. That's how it happened. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I watch the show, but I'm also like this. I should be reading bell hooks right now. Like I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I know. Well, yeah, what no, I'm doing. We're wrong. watching it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're watching it for the right reasons, right. but like my cousin is not. Right. But if we're aware, then what? What does it mean? It. What is selfie cult? What is this? Who are we? <laughs> Where are we? Who am I? Oh my 420. god! Four twenty. I'm high. I'm not high. I know. I wanted. I wanted to. I wanted to partake in the holiday for the first time ever. No. And WNYC was like, "Can you not?" Also, and I, <laughs> I was like, "Can you not?" But it would have been fun. It would not have. Because let me tell you something about inedible. Okay. That will either give you the best time, and you're like a cool weed person, right? Or it'll make you feel like you're gonna die. Okay. I am the latter. Really? Yes. If I bite into something, set up my casket, lower me into the ground, <laughs> invite my family because I'm fucking dead. What happened? What did you take? You, any, any like sort of potent thing, like if I bite into it, 45 minutes later, I'm like, do you hate me? What is it? Wait, Why? Wait, wait, wait. Do, do you, you hear it? I hear dogs that don't exist. Okay. I hear cats. <laughs> For some reason, I get concerned that all my photos and portraits around me are watching me like this would fuck me up. <laughs> and then I feel really tall. Like, yeah. I get aware that I'm tall. Right. So I have to crawl down. I can only lay and crawl across the floor. Oh, wow. It's, it's, I hear, one time I heard bugs. Like, I felt like I heard all the bugs in the world. Wow. <laughs> And then when somebody talked me out of it, I was just aware that there were so many bugs. <laughs> like, there are so many bugs in here right now. That's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we should keep the show moving along. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. Oh, did you want to keep going? No. Oh. <laughs> of course not. I want to give these people great comedy. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. Hell Especially yeah. with our next guest. Oh my God. You guys, he is so funny. He runs one of the best storytelling shows in the city called Risk. Ooh. Yeah. Your nipples got are some tingling. Risk plans. You got that? <laughs> That's your spidey sense. Or yeah. your chitty sense. <laughs> Lean into it, ladies. Yeah. He's amazing. He's incredible. Please give it up for Kevin Allison! Thank you so much. Uh, let's hear it for Phoebe and Jessica. Yes, so uh, my podcast, Risk, it's where people tell true stories that they never thought they'd dare to share in public. So it's, uh, it's stories that they couldn't run on broadcast radio because they're just too much. So I want to share with you the first story I ever shared on that show. 
Um, psychologists say it's a good idea to try to see if you can remember your first memory because see if you can glean some some knowledge about yourself from that, like 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 examining a dream. And I know what mine was, and I do think it says something about me. I'm about. <laughs> Three and a half years old, and I'm kind of crawling around in the dining room, looking at the shag fibers in the carpet, and I have my first thought that I can remember thinking. And it's, wow, I really like boys' butts. (laughs) And that has actually been every other thought that I've had since that afternoon. But the only problem is I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio in the 1970s, which was the... Yes, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate your sympathy. It's the most, like, conservative, Republican, Catholic town. So Cincinnati, it's not like homosexuality doesn't exist. It's like sexuality doesn't exist. I don't know how they keep going. So I knew I was gay all throughout my childhood, but I was like, I'm, I'm, I can't get any action here. So when I was 18, I decided I got to get to New York City. I decided to go to NYU, and by the time I got here, I was so horny. But when I started going to the gay bars, I was like, whoa, this is so intimidating. All the guys are so good looking. I just don't know. I have so much social anxiety suddenly because I didn't have all that experience in like, you know, grade school or whatever, going to dances. You know, I didn't get to. So I was very scared in social situations. So one night I'm with some of my gay friends at this place called the Boiler Room in the East Village. And... It's a bunch of us NYU guys, and I say to a friend of mine, you know, I would really like to get laid tonight, but I don't want to have to start a conversation first. (laughs) And he said, oh, well, you're in luck, because there's this weird place across the street that not everyone knows about it. In fact, it used to be owned by the Rolling Stones. It was where they would secretly do their heroin whenever they were in New York. But now, it's kind of like, it looks like an abandoned building. Someone has painted the number 82 on this door, and you think, if, if I push that over, this building might fall on me. But it doesn't. You go down, <laughs> you find yourself going down one flight of stairs and another and another and then at the bottom there's this little guy and you give him ten dollars and he lets you in a room and it's a gay sex club and the best part is it's all guys from nyu because they're all hearing about it like you are at this bar here now so so i go across the street and it's like he says, there's the bar with the 82 painted on it. I push the door open. I think, oh my God, this building might fall on me, but it doesn't. I go down one flight of stairs and another and another, and there's the little dude at the bottom. And I give him my $10, and he lets me through this door, and I am suddenly just enveloped in smoke. You could smoke in New York in those days. And I'm kind of feeling myself around like I'm going through a fog, and I realize, Oh my gosh, this is like a labyrinth. This is like a maze down here. It's all these snaking hallways going this way and that way and the other. And there's all these, ironically, closet-sized rooms. (laughs) 
And what it is is dudes stand in the doorway to their little, little closet-sized room, and if you see one that you like, you're supposed to nod at him, and he nods at you. And then if you both nodded, you go in there and you have a grand old time. <laughs> well... There was another thing. I was, like I said, a student at NYU at that time. I was studying in the film school there. And the week prior, our teacher had shown us a movie. He said, guys, this is one of the ten greatest movies ever made. You're going to get so much out of it. It's by Akira Kurosawa. It's called The Seven Samurai. I swear to you, you're going to get so much out of it. We watched this movie, and boy, did I get something out of this. Because in the second half of the movie, the lead samurai, played by Toshiro Mifune, is pretty much just wearing a diaper. And I thought he looked great. So, you know, I'm from Whitey McWhite, Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm walking around that week thinking, I kind of like these guys who look like samurais. I want to meet my own Toshiro Mifune. Well, here I am walking around the maze, and I find this one little closet-sized room where no one seems to be in there. So I kind of look in a little bit, and I'm like, oh, no, there is. There is someone in the shadows there. I look closer, and then I see this beautiful, fierce pair of Asian eyes in the corner. And I think, oh, my gosh, What's going on? Did he just nod at me? I look a little closer, and I can see he's got a ponytail sticking straight up like a samurai. I thought, holy shit, if he doesn't run a sword through me, then I just hit the jackpot. So I found myself just jumping on in this room, but kind of in slow-mo in my head, I start to think, Whoa, 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 Kevin, what are you doing? You haven't even thought through what the safest way to handle this might be, right? I mean, what's the safest way you should start this conversation? So I found myself just blurting out to the guy, let's go back to my place. So before I knew it, we're going up one flight of stairs and another and another. And all of a sudden, we're in the lamplight outside. And I can see, oh, shit. This guy's no samurai. He's got a big, big, beaky nose. And he's super, super skinny. And he looks like he's kind of disheveled. I mean, he's doing a lot of shaking and sniffing like he might be on something, you know? But I'm from Ohio. I don't know how to be disagreeable, you know? <laughs> Something, oh my God, what do I say? Uh, oh, shit, I forgot I have an appointment with the um, nighttime dentist. <laughs> no, instead I just find myself saying, uh, what's your name? And he said, Ham. I said, Ham? He said, no, Ham. I said, Ham. He said, no, ham. He was not a chipper guy. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, Kevin, the last thing you should do is take this guy back to your place. So we get back to my place. <laughs> and as we're entering the apartment, I'm thinking to myself, all right, now it's time to turn on the Miles Davis, <laughs> light some candles, you know, get this going on. But as he closes the door behind him, Ham suddenly goes into command mode. He totally, like, lit up. He said, stand over there. I said, excuse me? He said, stand over there. And I thought, oh, my God. 
God, maybe this is this thing that people refer to as dominance and submission. I'm probably supposed to yes and this moment. I really just go with the role. Plus, I'm from Ohio and I don't know how to say no. So I stood over there. Now, he looks at me a little bit and he says, take off your clothes. I thought, oh my gosh, Ham, can we take it down a notch? He said, take off your clothes. And now I'm thinking, okay, Kevin, look, (laughs) you're from Ohio. I mean, this is all so new. Maybe this will be a real eureka moment for you tonight, you know? Maybe you will see the light that is the transcendent joy of dominance and submission. And like I said, I didn't know how to say no, so I took off my clothes. That's when he really laid it on me. He's kind of studying me. And finally he says, put the shoes on your balls. I said, pardon me? He said, tie the shoes to your balls. He's looking at me like, how did this guy get this far in life without learning how to tie his shoes to his balls? He had to show me what he meant. He wanted me to take the laces of my converses, tie them together like you would if you're going to throw them over a telephone wire, and then take this contraption like a propeller, wrap it around my balls so that the shoes would end up hanging at my shins. Well, at this point, I'm so curious as to where the fuck this could be going next (laughs) that I did what he said. And let me tell you something. I, I wear size 11, and I had the heaviest arch supports that money could buy in those damn shoes because Converse are not good for your feet, folks. But it turns out they're even rougher on your balls. So I am standing there feeling very bow-legged like a cowboy or something. I'm like really pinchy feeling. And I'm thinking, okay, Ham, let's get to the next part of the little scene here as soon as possible because I need to get these off. So he stays by the door. He never moves from the other side of the room. He just takes down his pants and he starts whacking off like a little madman staring at me. He's staring, there's sweat pouring down, he's getting all red in the face, and he's whacking off, and I'm like, holy shit. This might be over soon because he is the world's fastest masturbator. And so finally I said, Ham, do you think we might want to move to the bedroom, like get something else happening? And he got really uh, so upset. He said to me, What's your problem? You look great. (laughs) You look great. Finally, I found a little bit of dominance in myself. I had had enough with the arguing, and I finally just took his jacket, opened the door, and threw it out in the hallway. I was like, you gotta go. So I saw him at the door. But you know what? Earlier that day, I got a full-sized mirror from down the street on Ludlow Street. Someone left it in the garbage, and that's how I got all my furniture. (laughs) And I'd forgotten it was there. I turn around, and for the first time, I see myself, my whole self, completely nude, except for my shoes. (laughs) And I thought, well, Ham might have been psychotic, but he had one thing right. I look great! 
Well, you know, now I do this podcast, Risk, where people tell stories that they never thought they'd share in public. So people sometimes dare me to go do things that would then be daring to come back and share about. So one night we're doing the show, and a guy gets up and he tells about a time he attended an erotic biting workshop, right? And I said to him afterwards, I was like, Jay, where did you attend? Where does one go to an erotic biting workshop? He said, oh, Kevin, I'm going to this kink camp in a couple weeks. You should come along with me. And I said, oh, I know I've told stories about sexual situations before, but I really don't know anything about dominance and submission and all that kind of stuff. And he said, Kevin, take a risk. So I go to this camp. This is just a few years ago. I'm in my 40s, right? And all of a sudden, I find I'm having that eureka moment. That weekend at this kink camp, I'm having this transcendent sort of like seeing the light of the joy that is dominance and submission. So at one point, I am tied to what they call a St. Andrew's cross, right? And I'm blindfolded, and there is a man who looks a lot like Santa Claus in assless chaps who's doing all sorts of horrible things to me. And at one point, I notice it's feeling a little pinchy downstairs. And he leans in and he says, Do you know what I just did to you, boy? I said, No, sir. And he said, I just tied my Doc Martens to your balls. And I thought two things. First, wow, my balls must have some sort of magnetism for footwear. And second, Doc Martens? I have come a long way. So let's just hope the next time it's not snow skis. Thank you very much. So impressive. Get up for Kevin Allison, everybody. Kevin Allison. Hey, guys, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Baratunde Thurston rolls with some fake-ass police. Don't go away. And we are back. If I had a penis for a day, that would be the last thing that I did. I don't know. You might want to just tie some things just to see like what, what it, it can, is, like what it can hold. I would never tie things to my balls. Yeah, it would just be like if I had it for twenty four hours. Right. I'm saying we don't have a lot of time. Okay, what would you do? What? Granted, what would you do if you had? First thing, I would fling it back right. and forth to see what that's about. Right. I put on pants to see why this needs to happen, like the readjustment. I just want to know why some things happen. Right. That's your whole day? No, 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 no. Then I'm just going to furiously masturbate for like 23 hours. (laughs) Then I'm going to do somebody. Right. I'm going to find me. Well, no, because I'd be me. I find somebody and I do them. Right. That's cool. And then maybe if I had an extra three minutes, then I'd tie some Doc Martens to my my balls. Right. Okay. If I were, if I were, yeah. Dude, what would you, what would you do if you had a peen for twenty four hours? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd be really excited to wake up and have morning wood. That's yeah. like really cool. Um, okay, so then I pee one. standing up, which would be very exciting for yeah, me. Yeah, try and make it in. Right. And then would you put the fucking toilet seat down? I, I would or leave put it the up? toilet seat down. Great. Respect. God bless respect. You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Um, then I put on my suit and I go to uh, to, to Wall Street because that's where I would work. Swing your dick around. Yeah. I work in finance. Uh-huh. I make a secretary feel bad about herself because yeah. that's what you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like just follow us away, you dumb bitch. Like yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I went to tell HR. I'm like, no one's gonna fucking believe yeah. you. And then uh, I go to uh, Just Salad because I'm yeah. training for like a, yeah. a half marathon. Yeah. Um, so, I know this guy. I know, well, you know this, this guy. guy right? What picture you've painted? Right. So I get like a nice like kale and spinach uh-huh. with some like cucumber and all like just little, green, just lots green. of green, very yeah, healthy. Yeah. Then I go back to work, take a giant shit. Yeah. Uh, so you don't care where you. I shit. don't care. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I care where I shit. I yeah. can't, but yeah. as a dude, whatever. Whatever. Just, I'll just put it anywhere. Right. And I won't um, flush. Yeah. So then I. Sh- <laughs> you asked your secretary to flush it for yeah. you. <laughs> flush it for me, Wendy. <laughs> Uh, then I go to some meetings, yeah. do some actual work, yeah. and get done at seven thirty. I see what uh, some girls in my phone be like, sup, 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 to like ten different girls, but like nothing substantial, nothing substantial, never a real quote. Right. Just like you around and see whoever yeah. bites first. That's who yeah. I take out for dinner. Where are you taking her? I'm gonna take her to uh, Oceana. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Where's that? that? The grill? It's like a seafood. It's like in Soho. No, there's one in uh, Midtown. Oh, I don't. Oh, you're a Midtown. I'm a, mi- yeah, a Midtown douche. Right, okay. right, right. Continue. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you want this fucking shrimp cocktail? Yeah, yeah. and I'll take you to my place in Murray Hill and bang you. Right. So then we're exactly. So then we go back to my apartment, uh-huh. which is basically like American Psycho, just real fucking <laughs> gross. Then like just six minute sex. Yeah. And then I'll kick her. Does the she f- come? No. Ah. Uh, okay. Not at all. No way. Then I Do you c- care a little bit? Don't care yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I call her noobs and be like, get the fuck out. But you uh, called it. Or is I, it Uber T? It's Uber T, dude. Oh, it's, she's got to pay for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to be like super, it. like super gross just yeah. to see what it feels like. Yeah. And then I watch, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver because I'm yeah. real smart. Yeah. Uh, you know what and I mean? And then you just post drumpf. Like, right. that's what you post? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. drumpf, that was great, man. Yeah. And I get, like, three likes on my Facebook, and I'm like, whatever, I made $100,000 last right. year. It's 11, it's 11.45 <laughs> right now. What are you going to do? You got 15, 15 minutes. You're Cinderella. 15 the minutes, party. Yeah. just going to jerk it all over yeah. my kitchen. Just don't... All over my Cuisinart. Don't care, dude. And then you and then you call Wendy to come clean it up. Yeah. And then you fuck Wendy. And then I fuck Wendy. Yeah. I'm like, you can sleep on the couch. And yeah. that's that's it. That's my whole that's day. That's amazing. What, what a day. day. That's how you know, like the only the other things wrong with Beyonce but the one thing that is wrong with Beyonce she's so basic. So right. like if I were a boy should have been what you just talked right. about I feel like. <laughs> she's like I'm a police officer what else? It's yeah. like ah. what about all the things you could do with your pee? Right yeah. So All the patriarchy you can take part of. Yeah like What's the point of being a dude if you're not going to be an asshole yeah, for like just yeah. to see what it's like? It's almost like you're not a real dude. Right. Yeah. So I think I fucking nailed it. I love that. Dude. I mean, now Thank I don't, Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Very American psycho. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Um, that's cool. Cool. Um, so do you want to rethink what you want to do now as a dude now that I set the template? I mean, no. I mean, the only thing I would change is um, 
I'd probably masturbate for a couple more hours. My, I'm on the other end of the spectrum of dudes. You're I just, just stay in a room and I just wow. masturbate. I'm not productive. I'm not a Wall Street dude. You're just going to stay at home and you're... I'm in far Bushwick and I'm just jerking it in a warehouse. I don't have enough confidence to swipe. I'm not on Tinder. I'm on Reddit and 4chan. Catch me in there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I love having my vagine. Me too. Me too. It's great. Let's never <laughs> That's change. It. It's great. It's awesome. Being a lady's awesome. It's great. Yeah. But, oh, boy. I'll tell you. That time of the month. Woo! But yeah. No. That's when it sucks. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I wish you could have sick sick days for being on your period. Definitely. If awesome. dudes had their period, they would have we would have sick days all the time. Right. It'd be yeah. They couldn't deal with that shit. Yeah. Being confronted with your body so frequently. Yeah. You know. Just to like You're literally just confronted with your insides for like a week. Right. You're and like, oh, oh, that was there. Yeah. It never you go to your meeting, you're like, oh, something's going on. Right. Then you have to step out, go, yep. oh, this is what's happening. Or you're like, oh, I'm about to have sex tonight. And then you look down, you're like, JK. <laughs> dude, JK Rowling, dude. JK Simmons, bro. Fucking JK. <laughs> JK Harry, baby. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sister, sister. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Our next storyteller is very funny. He's a co-worker of mine. He is a supervising producer and contributor on The Daily Show. Please give it up for Baratunde Carson! What's up, Union Hall? So, this is the story of a group of people who did everything right yet somehow got everything wrong. Three years ago, I hung out with a group of friends who were doing this special project to explore neighborhoods in New York. And they called it I Am Here Day. And they would have a small group of friends. You ideally don't use your cell phone much. You just stay very local. You walk around. And when you spend that much human contact and eye contact with other people, things can get a little weird, a little emotional, a little exciting, uh, and a little out of hand. But with all that preparation and with all these other neighborhoods we had explored, none of us was prepared for the weirdness that was Roosevelt Island. <laughs> four of us arrived, and four of us would survive to leave, but we would be very different people at the end of the day. There was myself, Anand, Priya, and Jill. We were black, brown, and white. And naturally, an up-and-coming young professional group like ourselves would start our day with brunch. <laughs> we took the tram to get to Roosevelt Island because it's a weird fucking place. <laughs> we have brunch, it's uneventful, and then we head up the street. And I say the street because there's only one on Roosevelt Island. <laughs> it's called Main Street. And we head up Main Street, we hit our first stop, and Jill realizes she's left her cell phone back at the brunch spot. Anand calls the place. Hey, did you find an iPhone? They look around. They find the phone. And we're like, look, it's an island. It's not going anywhere. Why don't you guys hold on to it? We'll pick it up later this evening. But he put a security measure on the phone. He said, do not release the phone to anyone who doesn't say the following passcode. 
The passcode is Jill <laughs> for Jill's phone. Anybody else who's trying to get this phone doesn't have the password, don't give it to them. So then we just, we're lollygagging around Roosevelt Island on the street. And we see uh, old Soviet architecture and weird looking insane asylum buildings. We saw an ice cream shop that promised to play air guitar for every scoop of ice cream they served, which felt a little extreme. (laughs) We met two Cameroonian women at the farmer's market who swore to us that there was no racism on the island at all. I almost want to tell a racist joke to them just to like undo their belief. But they work for the UN, so their lives are hard enough already. We went to this one supermarket on the street, on the island, to try to buy some wine. You can't buy wine uh, because they could only sell uh, cider. That was the most alcoholic thing that they would sell on the island. The one liquor store that was on the island was shut down a few months back because the owner just forgot to pay his rent. We saw a jet ski gang terrorizing the East River. We fake shopped for a gentrified apartment, pretending we were all one family. (laughs) And we watched a lot of people play soccer. Uh, We even sat down with a local who grew up on the island and asked her a lot of really annoying questions. And she humored us to to no end. We get to the restaurant at the end of the day. We're like, yo, we had a nice little adventure. Let's get this phone, let's get this sunset, and let's get out of (laughs) here. The problem was, there was no phone. Uh, The bartender was like, I'm sorry. we gave that phone out a few hours ago uh, to somebody else. And Anna's like, what about the password? Nobody, did they say Jill? She's like, I don't know, it was one of my coworkers. So now we have a crime on our hands because somebody has stolen Jill's phone and we don't know what to do. Enter technology, we launch Find My iPhone. Right, so on my phone, I see her phone. That green dot gives you the certainty that you can remedy any life mistake you've ever made at the push of a button. And sure enough, the phone's on the island, so we got our mark. Now we just have to solve the crime. We have to go get it. Now, before we do a search and recovery mission, like, remember the words of Omar from The Wire. If you come at the king, you best not miss. (laughs) Right? We didn't want to miss. We don't know what we're walking into. It's a park area. We've never been that far on the street before. It could be, like, woods and thugs and all kinds of stuff. So we call the police. Now, here's another twist about Roosevelt Island. They don't have police. So the phone rang somewhere in Queens, and they said it would take them two hours to get to us. We didn't have that kind of time. So we went with the next best thing, which were like British police. Roosevelt Island has these public safety officers who have badges with no guns and real nice billy clubs. And they showed up, and we showed them the evidence, which was the green dot provided by Apple. And we said, her name is Jill. That's her phone. Let's get it. And so we did a ride-along with the public safety fake police to Roosevelt Island. So we're rolling down the street in an SUV from the fake cops. We get up to the garden area. We approach the garden, see a nice old man, a yellow hat. How do you do? Get to the entrance to the garden, and here's where the fake cops really step up. They're like, you guys wait here. It could get nasty in there. We're going to take it. So I show them, yo, green dot, green dot. Know where you're going. It could be crazy now. You guys don't have guns. So they go. And while they're gone... A dude who doesn't make any sense exits the park. He has a baseball cap and a hoodie and weird umbro shorts and a soccer ball and a bag full of Heinekens, like 20 bottles of Heineken. And then he says something really uh, abnormal. He says, welcome to the park. Take a look around. And we're like, that's suspicious-ass behavior. Because who talks to other people and encourages them to explore a public area? 
This is not New York City. It's Roosevelt Island. The fake cops come back. They have found nothing. They have seen no one. I check the green dot. It's moving south down the street, the same direction as the dude that made no sense. So I tell fake cops, I'm like, yo, I got this. That's the dude. Let us tail him. So Jill and I start pursuing this guy on foot, keeping a safe distance because we don't know if he's packing, what's in that soccer ball, what's in those Heineken bottles. So we're just like stalking this dude down the streets of Roosevelt Island and we lose him in some scaffolding. We reconnect with the police. This is all true, by the way. We reconnect with the police and uh, they, they see the green dot. So we follow it in the car with them. It leads us to this apartment complex. And the thing about the green dot and find my iPhone is it doesn't tell you what floor the phone is on. It doesn't tell you what apartment unit the floor is on. I'm like, we got to kick down all these doors to get this phone back. Like, we're with the fake police. It's going to happen. They did real police work. They talked to the bartender. They figured out the guy who took the phone. Apparently, some guy uh, who was like, ran the community garden, he has the phone. They got his address from public records. They're like, we'll take it from here. You go to our fake police station and hang out. So we hung out at the fake police station. 20 minutes later, they got the phone. We're reunited. Jill's reunited to a photo op with the cops. Give it up. We got the phone back. And we're like, what happened when you got there? They're like, man, this old man was crazy. First of all, he had no pants on. He insisted that a beautiful young woman gave him your phone. She's like, I definitely didn't give my phone to some old man this morning. It was just brunch, like a couple of mimosas, but that's about it. And we're like, fine, let's just go back to the bar, reconnect with our crew, drink some wine, and get out. At the bar, we meet the manager, the owner of this bar, a man named Sal. Sal used to be a stockbroker, discovered Roosevelt Island. I think he took the wrong train and never left. (laughs) And now he runs the only bar on the whole damn island. He feels bad. He's buying us rounds. He feels so bad, he takes us back to his apartment. And we just start chilling with Sal. He's telling stories about his grandma and the stock market and gentrification. And we're just kicking it. We have such a great night. We're like, finally, this is how you wrap it up. We can go home. And we're leaving Sal's place. And Sal gets a text message from one of his bartenders saying, the man who took that phone is sitting at the bar right now. Oh, it's on now. (laughs) Oh, it's on now. So all five of us roll up into the bar. Now, how are we going to play this, right? Remember, You come at the king, you best not miss. So I send my crew down off yonder to the end of the bar, and I'm like, I got you, I got you. I'm going to play it real smooth. Like, I just have a seat next to the man. Yo, how was your day? He's like, you won't believe the day I have had. Don is his name. Don proceeds to rewind to the year 1970 when he moved to Roosevelt Island with his wife to escape her family. Don was in advertising. Don funded a competitor to the alternative newspaper, an alternative, alternative newspaper for Roosevelt Island. Don said, when the computers came, I got out the business. Don said to me, June 11th, 1993, the day I blew up my marriage. Don cheated on his wife, got with woman from one of the other rival newspapers, split off, lived with her happily ever after until she died of drug addiction. Don's been heartbroken for 15 years and alone until the night before Don comes into this bar and a young woman in her early 40s is flirting with upper 60-year-old Don who hasn't gotten laid in a very long time. They hit it off so much, he's not trying to fight this gift that the Lord has given him. 
She goes back to his place. He says to me, and I quote, I made her come three times, continuous multiple orgasms. And she told him that night, before she came three times, oh, I left my phone at the bar. He's like, don't worry about it. She had to leave on an emergency rickets and like kind of, uh, she broke out in hives at four in the morning, had to leave his place to go back to her place at the Upper East Side. <laughs> and Don's like, what about your phone? She's like, don't worry about it. He does worry about it. And that next day, he goes back to that bar because he wants to have that night every night for the rest of his life. And the phone is the key. He picks up the phone. He goes to the garden. He sees a group of people, a black man, two brown people, and a white lady get out a fake police car. And he assumes they're getting a tour of the island from the nice constables. He takes the bus down south, explaining the green dot heading down south. He goes home. He takes off his pants because he's 60-something and out of fucks to give. The fake police bang on his door, accuse him of stealing a phone, and he's like, why would she say I stole her phone? I just want to make her come again. <laughs> now pantsless and phoneless and womanless, Don needs a drink at the only bar on the island. So he goes back and has a seat at the edge of the bar, and he sees a group enter, and a young black man sits next to him and says, how was your day? And I bring Jill over and I explain what happened in her life and his life and the orgasms and the gentrification and the alternative, alternative newspaper and the billy clubs and the man who made no sense. And I think we were able to put that day back together. We were able to put this story together. In some ways, we were able to put our lives back together. Everybody did what made sense. Everybody made the right choices, yet somehow everybody was entirely wrong. Thank you very much. Give it up for Baratunde Thurston! We're two dope queens! Thank you so much. Hell yeah, that was so good. So good. You guys just heard Baratunde Thurston, Kevin Allison, and Ashley Brooke Roberts. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Why? Because why wouldn't you? Just roll the dice. Take a gamble. Like you're in a casino. Hey, boo-boos. I'm so excited and I cannot hide. Because my book, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain, is finally available for pre-order everywhere books are sold. This is so exciting. I love this book so much. And I think you guys will too. Just wrote the foreword. Let's put this bad boy on the New York Times bestsellers list. Please, please, please. This is the only thing I will ever ask you to do for me. Please, please, please pre-order it. Love you guys so much. Bye. Two Dope Queens is produced by Joanna Salataroff. Our team includes Rachel Neal, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, Casey Means, Alex Overington, Joe Plord, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. Sometimes I miss you so much I can hardly stand it. I mean, all of Brokeback was just... So intense. It was. It was an intense film. Yeah. I wish I knew how to quit you. Why don't you... Why don't you just let me be, huh? I'm like sliding out of my chair right now. Yeah, I was like, he's like, turn over. I was like, oh shit. I love this. Hell yeah, dude.
in that, that tent. Great. And yeah. a tent, dude. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was people so will hot. never forget. Yeah. Like wear flannel because you're like still a little cold, but yeah. you're like hot from the like. But also just the aggression. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off me. Like hot. just pushing through that. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 